Hi there, I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox, your weekly guide on public radio and podcast to the art of singing and the best of the vocal music scene. Thank you for joining me. Ever since the dawn of hip-hop in 1970s New York, people have been arguing about whether rap, the vocal component of hip-hop, should be thought of as music. After all, rap is traditionally about the spoken word, not the sung. But artists have been challenging this notion in a variety of ways, particularly since the 1990s, creating a sound that is as deeply immersed in the realm of performance poetry as it is of music. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. I'm in the studio and all I do is write It's my favorite time of day and all I do is write So when you see me out at night you know what I'm thinking That I wish I was at home right now writing And everyone's a critic, they got something to say I know they mean well, it's just one of those days That I sit and cut the plate, not making no more, no more music I don't know if I can do this no more And he says that I'm tripping and I know that I am And he says that I'm gifted and I know that I am I don't doubt myself with the mic in my hand But this is like if you've just joined me, welcome. You're listening to Voicebox with me, Chloe Veltman. Voicebox is available as a free weekly podcast via iTunes and on the Voicebox website at voicebox-media.org. And you can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. We just heard a song entitled Bean This Way. The soulful track is the work of Melissa Zarnick, a great up-and-coming hip-hop MC from Milwaukee, and the track comes from her 2010 album, Raspberry Jesus. Melissa is here in the studio with me, along with her producer, Eric Meyer, to chat about a subject that I've been wanting to discuss for ages, the musicality of rap. Hi, Melissa and Eric. Thanks for joining me this evening. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. So, Melissa, let's hear first about your background. How did you come to be an MC in Milwaukee? Well, I um, I started out writing poetry when I was in high school. Um, and then when I graduated high school, I... I um, sort of met some people that were in the underground hip-hop scene in Milwaukee and ended up going to some of their parties. And at that time, I'd already been freestyling a little bit with friends. What's freestyling? Uh, um, freestyling is sort of the improvis- improvisation of the voice to music. So um, it's like just whatever comes off the top of your head to an instrumental, you know, just music playing. You're kind of just... Going with whatever you feel, whatever you're saying right off the head. Okay, so you were freestyling? Um, So so freestyling at parties and sort of through that then I linked up with Eric Meyer who was a producer of um, a hip-hop group in Milwaukee and um, we sort of just linked up from there. Um, Eric gave me some beats and we've been working together ever since maybe about 10 years. So Eric, what draws you to working with Melissa? I love her... Her flow, her, her the way she raps. What is flow? Flow is really just a style or way somebody raps. I okay. love her flow. I think she's got amazing content. She has really great instincts musically, and um, she really pushes herself to to grow as a musician and artist. And those are all things that 
I like to be a part of. So. What's your background as a musician and um, a producer? I'm, I grew up playing piano and studying composition through high school. Um, I went to school for music composition in college. So I'm kind of formally trained to some degree, but then also um, when I was in high school, I did get really into hip hop. And since then I've been producing it and working with people and getting more and more into that that realm of production using beat machines and samplers and combining everything. So this subject of the musicality of rap comes with quite a bit of controversy. The hip-hop world is full of artists today who, like you, Melissa, consider rap to be first and foremost a form of musical expression with the voice defining the sound. But why do you think that so many people, including quite a few hip-hop insiders, feel uncomfortable about the notion of rap as a form of vocal music? Um, I think... And, and this is just coming from my own conversations that I've had with people, is I think a lot of people, no matter what kind of music it is, um, you get stuck sort of in this certain decade or this sort of this certain time period of when music was most impactful in your life, you know, whether it be a teenager or, you know, young, you know, middle schooler, um, you sort of cling to that, that style or that sound. So... You're gonna have, you know, certain people who were coming up when when hip hop was first evolving in in 70s and 80s, and and they think that style of hip hop is the true original. Me growing up um, in the 90s, a lot of that style of hip hop um, music is is sort of what I what what I think of when I think of hip hop. But now that doesn't mean that that is the only style of hip-hop and I think people sort of still yearn for that even today you know I yearn for they, they don't want to see the genre grow and change and evolve as all music does so I think that's where that controversial um, you know term where that controversial statement comes from in hip-hop how did hip-hop evolve out of a more straight spoken word art form into something more obviously musical in feeling um, originally, the MC was just to help hype up a DJ in the 70s at the parties where the DJ started spinning a lot of the breakbeats of records like James Brown. So they would take four measures of a drum loop on two records and they would play one and then they would quick flip over to the other just to keep that dance breakbeat going. And so originally, the MCs were really just kind of hype men for the for the DJs and I think over time they really evolved to be the people that were more the focal point and the center of attention at parties. So the hype men, so the, this this type of person, it would be great if you could define more clearly what it is, that was the person that then evolved into the full scale MC. Yeah, definitely. So there were no MCs to begin with, there were only hype men. More or less, yeah. Originally in hip hop the, the MCs were more there to boast about the DJ. Mm-hmm. They were there to sort of get people's attention on their DJ was the best DJ. And I think over time they sort of started forming crews and mm-hmm. um, and and more the more elaborate the MC became to um, sort of hype up the DJ, I think it just naturally grew into um, a bigger genre and art form. Okay, so the hype man is somebody who basically just creates a lot of enthusiasm yeah, definitely. for what's going on on stage. Yeah, basically. you're trying to keep the party going. I mean, a lot of that was, this is, you know, this is before it was mainstream media mm-hmm. or, or it was a mainstream genre. So a lot of this was just people um, having block parties or mm-hmm. more, it would be more like 
house parties than clubs and things like that. Okay, so you have the idea of the MC evolving into someone who's more at the front. How did it go then from being more spoken wordy um, to being more musical in many ways through the 90s and so on? Okay. I, I think it just, my, my answer would be that it grew out of a natural progression of how the music grew. Right. So initially, it was a very bare-bones genre. Um, a lot of the people making the music were either working with a couple turntables or hip-hop also happened right when a lot of synthesizers and beat machines came out. So it might be somebody has a turntable and can, sp- and can play some samples and somebody has a beat machine. It was, f- it was pretty primitive music production, so I think that left a lot more room for a more sort of boom bap style of rapping which is the more early traditional new york style of emceeing um and i think as it grew as a genre as it made more money it attracted more resources and became kind of just slowly evolved and became more musical and i think as the production became more elaborate the emcees became more elaborate and it sort of flowered from there. I'd like to play a couple of tracks now that illustrate what we've been talking about and in some ways test the limits of what most of us would consider to be traditional rap. We'll hear I Heard Him Say, a song by Kanye West which features the singer Adam Levine and then we'll hear Micah Nine with To The Sky. Melissa, what should we listen out for in these tracks in terms of the ways in which the artists approach their vocal stylings? Um, Well, uh, Kanye West track, a lot of Kanye's songs are so soulful and heartfelt that I think the musicality comes from the the soul of deep within him. Like he he's very honest and and speaks from the heart. So um, and he doesn't have any barriers that hold him back. I mean, whether he could go like straight in from rhyming into like singing, he's very versatile and he doesn't keep himself in a box. So I think you'll be this that is displayed in um, the song we're about to hear by Kanye. And what about Micah 9, To the Sky? Um, in this in this track, To the Sky, he, he uses his voice as an instrument. Like, it's really very clear that he could not even be saying words. Like, it could be... A ch- I, I think he sounds sort of like a cello or bass, but Eric disagrees with me on this track. And I think you said he sounded like a trumpet. Yeah, trombone. A trombone. <laughs> so, I mean, really, it's up to the listener to decide what he sounds like on this track. But it's really beautiful and musical, the way um, the way he flows in this in this song to the sky. Wake up, Mr. Webb! Mr. Webb! Mr. Webb! Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. From the shot, like Timmy's a hard away. So, this is in the name of love, like robbers say. Before you ask me to go get a job today, can I at least get a raise on the minimum wage? And I know the government administer AIDS, so I guess we just pray like the ministers say. I'll do hot bar and throwing some hot cars. The things we see on the screen is not ours, but these from the hood, so these dreams not far. Well, I'm from the dope. Hope I'm not alarming you, but this is not an interview. A random sort of rendezvous. We think they're getting onto you. They push us like a pawn or two. These capulets and Montagues are family ties and interviews. On fathers and the mama feud, our premises to comical collects the better revenue forever. This to gratitude from veterans and ingenues. Hope nobody harming you. This will be the centrifuge and random code of many Jews. We think it's time to party, dude. From beginning to the end, until we finish it, my friend, it's like. Take my winners, then I spend it, get the children helping them and then. 
Only bending on them corners and I'm known to be a booming in On the winter blue green leaves keeping me way high Now it seems that my dreams that I'm able to stay fly To the queens of the team and the babies that say hi on tonight's Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman, I'm chatting with hip-hop artist Melissa Zarnik and producer Eric Meyer about the musicality of rap. We just heard two examples of tracks by a couple of the most songful hip-hop MCs around. The first song in the set was I Heard Him Say from Kanye West featuring the singer Adam Levine. And then we heard Micah Nine with To The Sky. Eric and Melissa, please tell us about your collaborative process. How do you go about creating music? Um, well, usually Eric will produce a beat. Um, he'll, you know, um, make the music for, for me to listen to. I'll take that song with me, um, put it on the iPod, go into my bedroom, go into the studio, whatever it may be, try to get in the zone. Um, and at that point then I really, it's, it's a, it's a process in solitude. I'm usually alone when I write and I let the music speak to me so whatever sort of feeling that Eric has put into the music I try to take that see how that makes me feel and um, from there my content com- comes out of the feeling of the music and so that that's my process Eric I don't really know what, what your process is for making a beat it's sort of all over the place right you want to tell us about that Eric absolutely um it can go from anywhere. I can start on a beat machine and I can start with a rhythm track that I then will play piano over or something uh, and kind of then produce a track to. Oftentimes it can start with, I'll hear a piece of music I want to sample. Um, for example, the Bend This Way track that you played earlier, I knew I wanted to use that operatic sample. Um, the flower duet? The flower duet, the, the Lachme. Um, so I took that, um, I sort of chopped up the sample, um, put it in a beat machine, then I created a beat, um, then I think I went and put a bass line, and then uh, Maurice Cotton, who is a um, gospel pianist and who is in the band and works with us a lot, um, came in and laid the piano. So there's really no single way to approach it. One of the things I do like about hip-hop is you can kind of go at it from any angle. If I have a piano riff I like, I can work around that. If I have a sample, I can build it up from that. How important is freestyling a part of your process? Is it absolutely core to what you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I started off freestyling and I sort of, um, now when I write, I'll start off freestyling when when Eric will give me a beat um, to see what, just sort of bare feeling or thoughts it pulls out of my head um but if it's freestyling now most of what I do is is written Mm -hmm. I don't freestyle as much I sort of freestyle in the initial when I get the beat to see what truth is within me that I feel from this beat but um from the most parts I, I don't really go to parties anymore and freestyle um sometimes Eric and I will mess around but it's not something I do um regularly anymore as much you know i thought it would be interesting to hear an example of a naked instrumental track or beat that eric created for melissa to build on so um let's listen now to just the instrumental track for bedtime stories and then we'll hear the finished song with melissa's vocal over the top okay
praise the I in one God in it. Me and Eric Meyer, HMP, we are not in it. We put a lock on it like dad, like the blower, like the club on the car with the chain around the mower. I want more, not less. If you're gonna mention my name, then you better come correct and read the press. Bitch magazine, bitches. I've been in bitch magazine, bitches. Oh, and please, no more pictures. And no more swearing what I'm wearing speaks a thousand words. You see these boots, they got the nerve, they've crossed a thousand worlds. And I can taste this life. It looks like light at night. It smells like love, that's right. It looks like we were my sister, sister, you're one of a kind. Hey, sister, sister, I love your mind. Hey, You're tuned into Voicebox with me, your host, Chloe Veltman. I'm chatting tonight with the Milwaukee-based hip-hop artists Melissa Zarnik and Eric Meyer. We just heard one of Eric's musical tracks and then the finished song, Bedtime Stories, which Melissa completed with her rhymes and flow. I'd like to break down the vocal part of hip-hop music into a few different components now that help to define the musicality of the art form. First, let's talk about breath. This is a huge issue for MCs, isn't it, Melissa? Yes, um, breath is very important, breath control. Um, a lot of, in hip hop music, you have a lot of words packed into a very short amount of time compared to pop songs or rock songs where you sometimes repeat the same chorus over and over again. But in, in hip hop, if you cannot say, well, recorded, recorded. You you could sort of break up and record your rhymes separate, catch your breath. You know, if you had hard breath control. But in terms of performance, um, live, live performance. performance. Yep, live performance. If you if you are not able to deliver sixteen bars of your flow, you know, straight through, um, you you can't do it. I mean, unless you have what um, is called a, a hype man. Right. We talked about hype men earlier. Now, um, what, what do hype men do to help with breathing? Um, hype men are sort of like they punch maybe like a, a your rhyming line or, or something like that. So um, they, they help you. If you need to take a breath, they'll punch your line for you so that you can take a breath. Also, hype man, sometimes you might not need their help um, in terms of breath, um, but they can help um, give more energy to your performance. So they'll be there, like, hyping up the crowd, hands in the air, put your hands together. Um, and meanwhile, you can take a surreptitious breath. <laughs> right, if you need to, yep. So here's a classic example of a hype man in action. Puffy hyping the crowd for the notorious B.I.G. in a live show. The song is Big Popper. I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and please download our free weekly podcasts by visiting voicebox-media.org or iTunes. Hip-hop MC Melissa Zarnik is here in the studio with me along with her producer Eric Meyer to chat about the musicality of rap. We've been talking about the role of the hype man in hip-hop music and the clip we just heard featured Puffy, who's a hype man, supporting a live performance by the notorious B.I.G. The song was Big Popper. Melissa, you don't use a hype man or woman for that matter. How do you go about maintaining good breath control so you can get through songs that require large amounts of vocal stamina? I sort of have a little routine that I, I try to do if, I, if I'm exercising um, 
I'll try to go through my my songs while I'm running on the treadmill or walking fastly, um, because if I can do, if I can recite my rhymes running or fastly walking, then on stage when I'm moving around a little bit, it's no problem for me. So so I practice a lot. Um, I also think about where I can take a breath in a song. So where when you first write it, it's it's usually pretty sloppy, the delivery of of um, your rhyme, is, it, it can be sloppy. So figuring out where to put the breath is very important. In a moment, we're going to hear a live performance of one of your tracks, The Happy Song. Tell us about the breath control requirement in that track. Oh, I don't even know how I got through the song. <laughs> um, this was live recorded, um, so that we were playing on air live, and I'm playing with all live musicians. Um, I'm playing with Eric Meyer Band on this song, and I think think we were doing this song a little bit faster than usual yeah. and the, I think the, the drummer counted us off and um, he took it pretty fast so I was really just trying to keep up but you know I did it and it's probably because I run and do and have a lot of cardiovascular activities that keep me in sh- good sh- shape. Directions and take me to the I'm leaving. I don't like to see this trick here. Because spread out of me. This piece I get to the earth. This piece I get to the world. And that piece I get to my girl is done. Because she gets to the world. So when you hated on her, I knew we wasn't meant to be. It's only a matter of time. I'm fantasy. I'm disappearing. So keep your critics in your bounce checks. My life's gonna balance without you when I'm not stressed. What's next? A little talking through my way. You knew I wouldn't behave. Those techniques don't work with me. I do my own things my way. I'm trying to move on and find a new day. Not too short to deal with heifers up for games. I train. I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. The program is available as a free weekly podcast via the Voicebox website at voicebox-media.org and also on iTunes. Search for KALW Voicebox. That was tonight's guest, MC Melissa Zarnik with The Happy Song. She was performing with the Eric Meyer Band. Let's move on to talking about another really important musical property of rap, rhyme. What makes a really great super musical rhyme, in your opinion, Melissa and, and Eric? Yeah, so um, a great musical rhyme, I think, is is a rhyme that doesn't necessarily rhyme. So, so what what I mean by that is you can't anticipate what the person is, go- what the artist is going to say. I mean, you some there are some songs that you you know what they're going to say, and it's great. Um, for example, there's a Lauren Hill song, Doo-Wop, um, where she where her first verse um, she rhymes. Um, it's been three weeks since you've been looking for your friend, the one you let hit and never called you again. Remember when he told you he was about the Benjamins? She's rhyming Benjamins with friend. And and it just sort of has this musical flow that's like you're riding on a wave with her. You can't anticipate what she's going to say. There's this great poetry slam in Chicago called the Green Mill Uptown Poetry Slam. And it's um, it's led by this guy, Mark Smith. And he asked the audience that during the open mic portion of the poetry slam that if you know what the poet is going to say next if you can anticipate that next rhyming word call it out so you you know you'll have a poet up there they're crying out their heart to you you know about their breakup but he's like Jill left me I need to take a pill you know and then you know they rhyme they they can guess he's going to say pill you mm-hmm. know right there and you call it out on them and it forces you to be 
to be a better wordsmith. And um, because the uh, the MCs up there are trying to use rhymes that aren't obvious, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I think I think, and that's something that I'm working on now for myself. You know that I've been. It's been since 2008 since I released my first album, and now when I really go to write, I'm really thinking. I don't want it to be predictable. I don't want the audience to know what I'm going to say. Um, and I push myself to um, to have that content be different, that rhyme be different. Yeah, I think also just that's a generalization with music too. Like um, the music that I find that I get the most out of is music that challenges you upon the first listening. But then when you keep hearing it, it grows on you and you start to realize the nuance and I think MCs are the same way if some of that stuff that that if you get it all at once like there's no growth in it and when you keep listening to it um, you're not absorbing anything yeah, new so I think maybe. and I think they're the newer some of the generate the newer generations of MCs have really they've been handed a legacy so they have something to really push off against and they also to some degree have to I think be more musical to stand out. So here's Lauren Hill with Do Wop. Listen out for Hill's musical approach to rhyme. Girls, you know you better. Watch out. Some guys, some guys are only about that thing, that thing, that thing, that thing, that thing, that That was Lauren Hill with Do Wop. You're tuned into Voicebox with me, your host, Chloe Veltman. I'm chatting tonight with a Milwaukee-based hip-hop artist, Melissa Zarnik and Eric Meyer. Check out our weekly podcasts on iTunes and at voicebox-media.org. So let's go on to talking now about rhythm and stress. Melissa, how do you go about deciding how a line of text should be intoned rhythmically and on what words or syllables you put the emphasis in a line? Um, for me, it's so instinctual that it's hard for me to to explain how I do it. Do you tend to follow the natural shape of a line or do you sometimes on purpose put the stress in an unusual place to create an effect, for example? <sighs> It's so for me when I when I listen to the music and I'm going to write I it's so instinctual I I just I just start writing and wherever there's a space I mean I wouldn't even know oh, I don't even know I don't even know if it's like on the hi hat or on it's maybe on a down Melissa really is more is, <laughs> um, it's interesting because Melissa is just pure instinct I think with her musicality and flow it's one of the things. Um, that I think is really great about her is is she has great instincts. Um, and I know because I, I was the type of musician, especially when I was younger, I really had to work at rhythm. Um, and I tend to want to see more of a visual picture of how things fall and, and really understand it to know what I'm doing. And Melissa's completely the opposite. She just feels it. I really don't know. I was taking a conga drumming um, class and the teacher taught us solely on feeling and when when um you know like feel where to put the clave or what the what the rhythm should be which is how i think a lot of latin music 
evolved or how it began. It's just unfeeling, you no know, people getting together. But um, yeah, when when people when one of my classmates tried to explain the counting of it, I just couldn't even couldn't even get it and it's really for me all about like where do I feel the word should go and wherever I feel it should go it's where it is sort of when you listen it feels right you know just feels right to me so I typed a text to a girl I used to see saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be and I apologize if this message gets you down then I cc'd every girl that I'd cc round town and hate to see y'all frown but I'd rather see her smiling witness all around me true but I'm no island peninsula maybe makes no sense I know crazy give up all this pussy cat that's in my lap no looking back spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors they dip as quick as they can the atmosphere is now ripped I'm so like a pimp I'm glad it's night so the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when I shoot the moon high jump the broom like a preemie the Underground Kings with the International Players Anthem, I Choose You. And this is Voicebox. Check out our free weekly podcast on iTunes by searching for KALW Voicebox. And follow us, please, on Facebook and Twitter. You can also do all of the above on our website at voicebox-media.org. I'm Chloe Veltman and my guests in the studio for this evening's conversation about the musicality of rap are MC Melissa Zarnik and music producer Eric Meyer. Now the track we just heard is interesting because it features a group of hip-hop stars from different parts of the country. The first verse was MC'd by Andre 3000 who is a native of Atlanta, although he did spend some time in his youth in Florida. The second verse performed by Pimp C, is a rapper from Houston. The third verse was Bun B, also from Houston. And the fourth verse was brought to us by Big Boy, who was originally from Savannah, Georgia, and then moved to Atlanta. Melissa and Eric, what can you tell us about how regionality affects the musicality of the vocal lines in hip hop? Um, I think I think regionality has a lot. Eric and I have talked about this before. It has a lot to do with the music production, and that sort of determines, I think, um, you know, what an MC's style is going to be. Um, I mean, of course, you have like, uh, you know, accents and in, in voice and, and that kind of thing. But for the most part, I, I would say that regionality and style of hip hop is going to come from the music that's made. I mean. Yeah, I would agree. I think it, I mean, these are generalizations. I don't think it's a rule of thumb, but I think that's correct. I think a lot of the versatility you see in MCs from different regions um, comes from the producers and the type of beats and music that they have fed them. So someone like Dr. Dre, who is a West Coast and mostly, I believe, Los Angeles-based um, producer. He's also an MC. He was one of the earlier producers to kind of produce music that was a little more glossy in its production and a little, a little more shiny. And that really gave way to Snoop Dogg and some of the kind of the funkier West Coast style. Um, I think I've read things that at some point that said something about how he he wanted to make rap music kind of as as fully produced as the way Michael Jackson was in pop music. Dr. Dre or Snoop Dogg? Dr. Dre. Uh, they kind of they originally Snoop Dogg worked with Dr. Dre, so they're kind they kind of go hand in hand in that. Um, 
and as well like the southern hip-hop i think grows a little more out of some of the southern gospel music traditions and some of the r&b and soul music that might have been there and then and then i people say a lot of times that there's a strong musicality in in midwest hip-hop which I, I just hear people say that, um, and I and I think I agree with it. I also think a lot of the underground West Coast hip hop is very musical, mm-hmm. as well. So I really don't know. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with what your influences are, what kind of music you know your parents grow up listening to, that you grow up listening to, that you know is in the beat. You know, what kind of samples are used, and then that influences the MC as well. The differences in accents and ways of emphasising words is even more palpable when you listen to hip-hop on an international scale. Here are two of my favourite MCs in action. The Streets from the UK and the Senegalese rapper Didier Awadi. The track from The Streets is entitled It's Too Late. And then we'll hear Didier Awadi with Digage, which means get free. You're listening to Voicebox. We just heard The Streets, an MC from the UK, with It's Too Late. And then we listened to the Senegalese rapper Didier Awadi's revolutionary song Digage, Get Free. I'm Chloe Veltman and I'm here in the studio with MC Melissa Zarnik and music producer Eric Meyer. We're chatting about the musical side of hip-hop vocals. One thing that's palpable from the two tracks we just heard, as well as a few of the songs we played earlier on in the show, is how common it is for MCs to pair up with singers. The Streets works with a female vocalist on It's Too Late. I don't know her name, sadly. Didier Awadi collaborates with a Tunisian singer, Sami Dorbez, on Degage. And earlier in the show, Adam Levine added Soulful Spice to Kanye West's Heard Him Say. What can a singer bring to a rap song, Melissa and Eric? And what's the best way for an MC to collaborate with a singer? I think sometimes this, the hook that the singer sings on can really make a song. Like, there are songs that, that and, and I can't give you any examples that I can think of right now, but I, I just know that there are songs where I know the hook verbatim. I know every word, every, every feeling, and then the verse comes on, and I have no idea any words of the verse. I mean, it's some. So I think the hook can really be one of the most powerful parts of a song when a singer comes and and put, puts vocals on it. And I think it's it can 
it for one it creates a transition from verse to chorus which I've read a lot um, sort of music injury stuff that that's an important piece of a song is, is knowing when, when change happens and having a different voice on there can do, can do that for you Vocalists can really help break the monotony of an MC as well. So like you said, that build up to a chorus or if you have a breakdown or a bridge or something, they can really help push the for- the song forward. They also can just bring a little more variety because I think hip hop is very different than other forms of music in that you are listening to an MC say a lot in the course of a song, whereas if you if you were to take a written comparison of say a pop or rock song and then a hip hop song there's there's just going to be more words and content in the hip hop song so i think it's great when you can intersperse that with a vocal, like a singing chorus or other, just a little variety. Yeah, I take issue actually with your use of the word monotonous um, with regards to certainly some mm-hmm. artists. I mean, one thing I find about Melissa's MCing is that, you know, she, she makes it sound not monotonous. I mean, you use your vocal colorings in such a way where it feels like there is quite a bit of variety. Um, sometimes your voice has a really wonderful sing-song quality to it. And some of the greatest MCs also sing the tracks that they rap on. But of course, you wouldn't describe yourself as a singer, right? No. Melissa, what are, what are your views on your own singing voice? No, I, I do not think that I'm a good singer. I think that I can sort of flow sing, so I can sort of like bridge into singing a little bit with my rhyme but when it comes to me singing as I don't know someone like Lauren Hill or Nina Simone or you know some of the people I look up to I don't think I can Eric on the other hand will try to tell me sometimes that I can sing and try to push me but it's just something I'm not comfortable with my tone and um, pitch that maybe if I had voice lessons, I know we had talked about, you know, learning the breath, you know, the the sort of trained breath control of a singer and that. But no, I definitely don't think of myself as a singer. Eric, you probably disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, how has Melissa's voice developed in the time that you've known her? I would say a few things. She's just gotten a lot more seasoned from performing and recording. Um, and she's also just become a lot more daring or bold in her efforts. So... I think she definitely has the instincts to be a singer um, if she wanted to because the natural instincts that she needs to be a singer are there if she wanted if she wanted it um. so how will you go about trying to get her to sing then I mean clearly so far your efforts have not really paid off because <laughs> she's stubbornly digging her heels into the ground and saying she doesn't want to sing I think she has to want it you know, mm-hmm. I can't. You can't make her. I can't instill it in her. I think, uh, I think we've it, talked it, about voice lessons periodically. We have a, we have people we've thought about her doing some voice lessons, but it's just never been a priority. Mm-hmm. If that's the right word, mm-hmm. I don't know. But you don't need singing lessons in order to be able to sing, right? That's what I argue too. Is people who can sing don't need singing lessons and this is where we always get stuck i said no i don't need you i know. don't think she needs singing lessons but <laughs> she needs to really trust herself right so and, and make that leap so regardless of singing <laughs> lessons right mm-hmm. what would uh, perhaps inspire you to get out there and try some singing or perhaps that's of no interest to you whatsoever i don't know no i no yes i mean yes i am interested <laughs> in singing because there's certain beats or instrumentals eric has given me that i am like oh if I could sing, I would write this beautiful song. Or I think like maybe I should write a song for someone else because the words are coming to me, but they're coming to me in a musical way 
that I don't, do not think I can deliver. <laughs> well, I'd like to round out the show with some examples of tracks by MCs who have fantastic singing voices as well as awesome rapping skills. We already heard from Lauren Hill, who has an excellent pair of pipes as well as a powerful MCing style. But now we'll hear from three more artists. First up is the Nigerian hip-hop artist Neka with her song Heartbeat. And then we'll hear the Canadian rapper-singer Drake with his song Fall For Your Type. And finally, we'll hear Nicki Minaj, who is originally from Trinidad, with her song Super Bass. rappers who can really sing. First we heard Neko with Heartbeat and then Drake with Fall For Your Type. Finally, that was Nicki Minaj with Super Bass. We're coming up to the end of this week's Voice Box programme but I have one more question for you to ponder, Melissa and Eric. Where would you like hip-hop vocals to go in the coming years? I would like hip-hop vocals to just stay true to the self, you know, whatever whatever that may be, um, you know, not driven by commercialism or driven by you know all of all of those taboos that come along with that whether it be sex drugs whatever i mean you know maybe that is true to somebody so who am i to say but i don't want it to be driven by commercialism like if it's true to your heart and it comes out in a style it'll be beautiful and it, people will love it i was just reading um zora neale hurston's jonah's gourdvine and in there, there was a line that really stuck with me that if it comes from the heart, it will find another heart. And so I think that's where I would love for, for hip hop to continue to go and people will find it. 
Well, thanks, Melissa and Eric, for coming into the studio this evening. It's been fantastic chatting and listening with you. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's been great. To find out more about tonight's guest, Melissa Zarnick, please visit melissazarnick.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-C-Z-A-R-N-I-K.com. Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. Our series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. Voicebox needs your support. To find out how you can make a tax-deductible donation to keep us on the air, please visit our website at voicebox-media.org. Donating is safe, easy and tax-deductible through our online PayPal link. Check out our free weekly podcasts on iTunes and via voicebox-media.org and also visit our homepage to mull over and respond to the question of the week. We love to know what you think of us. Please friend us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and you can write to us anytime at info at voicebox media.org. I'll play us out with another track from tonight's guest, Melissa Zarnick. Here's Thunder Summer Storm. Have a songful week. Summer thunderstorm, silent sticky rain, loud booming bedroom, lights up, I hear your loud moving footstomp, dark sky light up, natural firework, I follow your clouds, rolling white sky, turning round, soothing sound, rain falling, bounce every ounce like rounding your feet in pool, flowing water, the bottom electric, don't mess with, thunderstorm in summer, the storm of the season, I've been waiting all winter, watching through window, chasing your temperament, remembering, flirting, safer from a distance.